Good morning, Lindsley Avenue. It's good to see everybody. When I come up that way I did, my wife is always scared I'm going to trip. But until I do, I'm going to keep trying to do it that way. So when that time comes, feel free to laugh. It will not offend me. Uh, glad to have everybody here. We are missing, uh, by my count, 10 to 15 people from our usual gathering. So we're really very, very honored for our visitors here this morning. Hope you have a good rest of your trip. And anytime you're back in Nashville, please come and join us. Uh, next week, again, for the All Things Green Lunch, uh, I intend to have some food coloring. So if you bring something that isn't green, it will soon become green. I mean, food coloring has no calories and no taste, so if you bring banana pudding, it's going to be green banana pudding. So uh, we're going to have green to celebrate the coming of uh, springtime. So hopefully everybody will be able to join us. This morning, uh, the topic here is, is titled Lists. Lists. You know, it's difficult to go through life without making lists. Grocery lists. Trayvon and Javante. Naughty and nice lists. Certainly one time, some time of the year, right? What list are you on? Sometimes men get these, honeydew lists. Uh, we have bucket lists. Things that you want to do that's on before the, the bucket is proverbially kicked. You have checklists, to-do lists. We make these kinds of things, these lists, you know, many times each day, sometimes several times a day, potentially. The Bible also is full of lists. You've got long lists of people, genealogies. Matthew 1 is a good example of that with the genealogy of Jesus. You have prayer lists, lists of things to pray for. Uh, the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6 is an example of a prayer list. You also end up with virtue lists in 2 Peter chapter 1, add your faith, virtue, and things that qualities, things that we as followers of Jesus should possess. There are instruction lists. Ten Commandments is a good example of that. Honor your father and mother. Do not steal. I mean, all these different kinds of things back in Exodus chapter 20. In fact, you might even call that one the first to-do list, right? But let's look at another kind of list, another kind of list that we can make from the Bible. You know, it would be easy to have a to-do list. We know about to-do lists. But I want us to focus on a to-don't list this morning to-don't list this morning. I don't recall ever at work making a to-don't list. You know, don't go throw coffee on the president of the company. I guess that would be one of the things I really shouldn't do, but I don't usually make those. Well, the Bible is full of things that could go on a to-don't list. Look at some of these with me here for a few moments. Here's one. Third, uh, John verse 11. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. If somebody's evil around you, if you've seen some evil behavior, don't do that yourself. Uh, boys, you may hear sometimes, well, everybody's doing it. That's an excuse that's often uh, told to parents for sure. And the response parents that we usually give is what? Or not everybody, or if everybody's jumping off a cliff, would you jump off too? And I'm like, well, mom, nobody's jumping off a cliff. But yeah, but seriously, do not imitate evil. If evil, something bad's going on over there, don't run over to see what you can do bad too. Do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Now, Trayvon and Javante, I told you I was going to have something for you to do. If you look at the handout, I think Mama's got handouts here for you, and a couple of pencils. There's space after we go through the verses that we're going to keep talking about for you to make, and each of us really, to make a personal 
additional to don't list. There may be some things that we don't talk about this morning that you know full well really should be on your to don't list. But for you two, I want you to think about the last week, things that you did, looking at it, you really think I really shouldn't have done that. So put that on your to don't list, right? So, you know, if, if you were not mean, if, if you were mean rather to a girl at school, I will not be mean to the girls, whatever it may be. I want you to be thinking about that because your mama's gonna be looking at your list. And if you don't have something on that to-don't list that she thinks should be on that to-don't list, there may be a further conversation. So be thinking about your to-don't list. Here's another one. In Colossians chapter three, which in its entirety is my favorite chapter in the entire Bible, in a list of things that we are to put away and not do, followed by a list of qualities we should put on because we have been changed, we have put to death, our deeds of the flesh. Paul says, do not lie to one another. Why, did, why not lie to each other? Well, if you're lying to each other, it's very difficult to get things done. It's very difficult to know what kind of circumstance people are in. How, how are you doing? Great, you know, I mean, in a sense, that's kind of a lie if we're not careful. Because you may have a need that I don't know about because you're not telling me. But more specifically, do not lie to one another. Why? Why not lie to one another? What's the problem with lying? Well, Paul says, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. When we become members of God's family, when we are baptized, immersed into water, and raised up to walk as a brand new person, the old me, the old gene is left behind in that watery grave. It's not me anymore. I'm supposed to be different. So if the old me was engaged in lying from time to time, the only reason I would be lying is if I have essentially pulled up the corpse and I'm dragging it around town with me. A zombie is not what we are supposed to be as followers of Jesus. When we die to ourselves, leave it in the ground, so to speak. So the old self is not the new self. It's not me anymore. So the old self, things that the old gene did, I'm not supposed to do anymore. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with this practice. So that ought to be on my to-don't list. Do not lie. I will not lie. Here's another one, Ephesians 5, 18. Do not get drunk with wine, for this is, that is debauchery, big fancy word, but be filled with the Spirit. What's the real problem with getting drunk? Well, besides the fact that Paul here says, and God by inspiration through Paul says, do not get drunk. When somebody is, is drunk, they are not able to think clearly. They're not in control of themselves. You cannot evaluate your behavior to be deciding to be the new you instead of the old you. And people get into all sorts of trouble when they're drunk. The Bible doesn't specifically address drugs as such, but the problem is really the same with drugs and alcohol. When you are drunk, when you're under the influence of, of drugs, you are not able to be thinking and reasoning, and God expects us to think about what we're doing. And so do not get drunk. You could also say do not take drugs, right? So that you are able to evaluate things and thinking instead of being in a state where you don't know what's going on and you did who knows what. 
Sometimes on TV or in the movies, somebody will, you'll, they obviously have been drinking the night before and they'll wake up going, where am I and what have I done? That's never supposed to happen with a member of God's family because who knows what you did, right? Do not lose the ability to know where you are and what you're doing. That's the real reason here uh, that God would say do not get drunk. Rather, Instead of being filled with wine, instead of being filled with liquor, instead of being filled with drugs, be filled with what? The Spirit. I would argue, like we talked last summer, that being filled with the Spirit is a state of being a member of God's family. When we become a member of God's family, Paul says, don't you know that the Spirit of God dwells within you? When we become members of His family, God begins living within us. And as we make a home, so to speak, for the spirit living within us, that spirit generates fruit, love, joy, peace. How am I doing any of that when I'm conked out of my head and don't have any idea where I am or what I'm doing? Instead of being filled with intoxication, be filled with the spirit. Give place to the spirit to continue developing into the kind of people God wants us to be. Here's another one. This one's hard. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling. I don't recall the last time I used the word revile in a day-to-day -day conversation. But do not repay evil for evil. Somebody does something mean or ugly to you, well, I'm going to do it back. Why? Well, they did it to me first. That always seemed to work as a kid. He started it, right? doesn't matter who started it. The question is who's going to end it. Jesus expects us, God expects us, when somebody is evil to us, we return it with kindness. Jesus has said, you know, give a cup of cold water to an enemy. Love your enemies. That would include somebody at work that's a pain. Right? That would include somebody in an extended family who's not nice, doesn't like you. That would include people randomly you don't even know. Do not repay evil for evil. God will repay, not up to me. And in terms of reviling, the idea here is of, of words that are spoken instead of evil actions. Somebody says something mean, nasty, ugly to you, to quote the frozen princess Elsa, let it go. What good does it do to throw something back? Let it go. Let it go. Here's one that uh, Jeff read for us. Do not love the world. It's real easy to love the world. The world's a very fun place. There's a lot of fun things in the world. The world's beautiful. God's made a wonderful, glorious place. Don't fall in love with it. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. In particular, I think what John is talking about here, and God wants us to know, is it's, it's probably okay to fall in love with the green leaves on a tree. To love it. That's not really what it's talking about. It's not appreciating what God has made. It's the things of the world that might draw us away from following after Jesus. Do not love the world. Do not focus on the things in the world, the attractive, shiny objects. Do not focus on the things that will tend to have us living in a way differently than what God wants us to live. Anyone loves the world, here's reason enough not to do it. The love of the Father is not in him. Once I become a member of God's family and God's spirit dwells within me, I should be generating those fruits of the spirit. I can't be in love 
with the world. You cannot love God, Jesus said, and mammon, the God of riches, the God of this world. You can't do it. If you're going to love God, you cannot love the attractions of the world. Here's another one. Ephesians 5.17. Again, all these could be on my to-don't list, right? Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be ignoring God's will, which is a very foolish thing to do. What does God want? God wants me to love him and to love my neighbor. Love God, love my neighbor. Our resolution for this year, whatever happens, always be thankful. God wants us to somehow be thankful no matter what happens to us. God wants us to understand his will for me, and that is that I am a better person tomorrow than I am today. And I'm a better person today than I was yesterday. If I ignore what God wants of me to develop in a more godly manner over time, to be closer to God over time, if I ignore that, Paul would say, I'm being very foolish. I'm being very foolish. 1 John 3.13, do not be surprised. You ever been surprised? A birthday party or uh, you walk in and suddenly, you know, your desk isn't there anymore. That's another kind of surprise. There are some good surprises and there are some things that aren't so surprised. Surprise Do not be foolish. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. If I am living way God wants me to, if I understand what the will of the Lord is, then the world's going to hate me. Because you can't be friends with the world and be a friend of God. You cannot do it. And so the world's going to hate you. The world hated Jesus. The world hated Jesus. The world will hate us as well, standing up for what is right. I mean, sometimes, depending on where you are, you get laughed out of the room if you say, well, there is right and wrong, and it'd be like, come on, what cave did you crawl out of? The world is rapidly running who knows where. We can't follow it. We can't follow it. The world will hate us for that because we'll need to stand still and say there is, in fact, right and wrong. Don't be surprised it's going to happen. Galatians 6, 7, do not be deceived God is not mocked. You can't pull the wool, as it were, over God's eyes. You can't fool God. Let me ask you this. Did you ever fool your parents? Earl, had a, Earl has a smirk over there. Did you ever pull something off and your parents never knew about it? My dad's in the audience over here today. I assure him there are things he never knew. Right? So in that case, hopefully it wasn't at his expense, but to that extent, I pulled the wool over his eyes. At least fortunately I didn't die because of it. But we pull things over on our parents. Our parents don't know everything. God's our father. You can't fool God. You can't fool God. If you continue living in a way God doesn't want, it's not like it's hidden from him. Well, it's nighttime. Nobody will know that I'm going to go do this. You do it, nobody seems to know. Guess what? God knows. And so you cannot mock. You cannot do something that you think you're getting away with. It's really a, a matter of, you know, if you're trying to mock somebody like in this manner, it's almost like I'm smarter than you are because you didn't catch me. You're not smarter than God. You're not smarter than God. Whatever you sow, you're also going to reap. You know, I've tried before to throw grass seed in my yard. 
and it, I don't know what happens to it, but I don't usually reap a whole lot of grass seed out of grass out of my, the seed I plant in my yard. If I sow stuff in my life, God says it's going to grow. I can either sow good things and I will have returned back to me good things. Good things like what? Love, joy, peace, patience. Or I can sow, sow bad things. Hatred, division, stress. Whatever I sow, whatever I throw out there, right? God's, God's yard's going to grow it. My yard's going to grow whatever I throw out there from a perspective of eternity. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Here's something else. A couple of verses later, after sowing, right? Be careful what you sow. Be careful what kind of behaviors you're engaged in because you're going to get it back to you, right? In Galatians 6, 9, he says, Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Life can be long and hard sometimes. It seems like when you're doing good things, you're trying to keep the tide back. You ever been at the ocean? little kid, right? You build a sandcastle. I'm always, I hate to admit this, maybe I shouldn't, but a part of me kind of laughs whenever a child's like, oh no, because a wave comes in and washes the castle away. Well, it's going to do that. And that's a lesson all of us need to learn. It may seem like no matter what good we try to do, the waves keep crashing in. It doesn't change anything. So here at Lansley Avenue, we are engaged in a number of, of works I would say are really good. We want to help people. We try to help. We try to be a word of encouragement. The sign out front says, all are welcome. Has Nashville changed in the last 20 years because we have been here? You could argue our little part of it has been better, but it seems sometimes like Nashville just continues to change, many times not for the better. Do not grow weary. Keep doing the good things. Keep trying to make things better. Keep showing that love, joy, peace. Because God says you will reap. It may be that we don't ever make a, a large difference here in Nashville, but God's going to know what we sow and it will be paid back to us more than the time we took to sow. Similar thought here, 2 Thessalonians 3.13. As for you, brothers... Do not grow weary in doing good. It's repeated twice, two different places. It's a good idea to keep at it. Do not give up. Don't quit now. Continue to do good. Here's another uh, variation of something we talked about. Hebrews 13.2. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. Hospitality comes from a word that actually means love of strangers. Do not forget to show love to people you don't know. It's supposed to be easy to love family. It's supposed to be. And when it comes down to it, if you've got a family member that truly is in a world of hurt, we typically will be helping the family member. Well, we're all brothers and sisters. Some of us are brothers and sisters in Jesus. We all are brothers and sisters since God made the first man and woman. We're all family. And as such... We should always show love to people we don't know. Be welcoming. Be kind. Show goodness and love toward everybody. Do not neglect. That's a really good thing to put on your to-don't list. A couple of verses later. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, 
for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. God does not expect us to go kill an animal and burn it out back any longer as a sacrifice. He expects us to give what we have to help others. And whenever you get rid of something you have, that is a sacrifice. It's giving something I have that I no longer have. That's certainly a sacrifice. Look what he says. Those kinds of sacrifices are well-pleasing to God. Always be giving. Always be loving. Make sure that we do not neglect that. So guys, we're getting close to the end here. We've been working on your to-don't list. All right, I see a thumbs up. That's good. That's good. Here's another one that's a little different. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. There are a lot of people who stand in front of groups of people today that teach some strange stuff. And it's not what has been taught in the past. The Word of God hasn't changed. The Bible hasn't changed. What we are told and taught to do shouldn't change either. So perhaps some of the things people are saying around Nashville today and around the, the nation and world today may sound a little easier than keeping to the straight path. Why would he say, do not be led away? Well, there must be some teachings that are, in fact, bad for us. Bad for us. How do you not get led away? Whenever you're told something, check it for yourself. You listen to me, and I'm amazed at the, the patience and the long-suffering that that sometimes takes. But don't take my word for it. Look at what God says, and if you ever hear me say something that doesn't seem to fit, let's talk about it. There are times words come out of my mouth in a jumbled fashion. Like, did I say that? I sure didn't mean to. That happens sometimes. Do not be led away. Stay focused on what God wants of us. And I like our three last years of resolutions. Love God and love our neighbor. Right? All these different things we're supposed to do. Focus on these fundamentals. When I get those down, then maybe I'll worry about learning more detailed, complicated things. I still have a lot to learn with the basics. Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything. Wow, Gene, why just say the last hardest one for the end here? Do not be anxious about anything. He didn't say about hard things. He didn't say about a few things. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. How do I not be anxious? I turn things over to God. Let God worry about it, as it were. Me worrying about it is not going to add any hair to my head. Obviously, that hasn't been very successful. Me worrying about things is not going to fix whatever I'm facing. The only thing that's going to help is handing it off to God, pray to God, take my problems to God, and express thanksgiving that He loves me and that He is here for me. Is there something you need to talk to God about this morning? Is there is there something that's been bothering you? Is there something that you need to take to God today? Do not be anxious about anything, but by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. We will be doing that in just a moment. An opportunity that if you want to go to God in prayer, we can talk about what's bothering you and we will pray with you as we go to God together. More importantly, in some ways, if you're not yet a member of God's family, 
We say this every week. Today's the day. Don't walk out of here without being a member of his family. Understand that Jesus lived and died for you. Understand that he wants you to change your life from living for yourself to living for God and to show that your old self is dead by being immersed in water and raised up to walk as a brand new person. That opportunity is yours right now. Either one of them as we stand and sing.